0: Hi there. This is Karen, and I'm very happy you've joined me today. You're tuned in to the Woman Inspired podcast. I would like to share with you that if you want more information about this podcast, about the other podcast I do, you know, I don't know, maybe you want to reach out to me, send me an email, find out if I can come speak at your next conference or retreat. That would be wonderful. I'd be happy to. As long as we can fit it into the calendar. I'm there. So if you'll go to womaninspired.com, that's where you can do all of that. I appreciate it. also want to share with you that thanks to accessmore.com, we have a little bit of a sponsorship for this podcast. So if you would be uh, indulgent, uh, indulge me, a little indulgence today and hop on out to accessmore.com. After you listen to this podcast, I would appreciate it. They have all kinds of amazing podcasts out there for you to listen to. You'll discover things you've never heard and seen before, people that you didn't know existed, theologians, educators, preachers, everyday people who have amazing faith, amazing information, great personalities, lots to offer you. On accessmore.com. There's a lot of faith leaders, thought leaders, uh, people uh, that I think you'll be really happy to listen to. So again, hop on out to accessmore.com. Thanks so much. All right. So today's podcast is called The Ultimate Headgear. That's the episode. Okay, so I have some pod quotes for you first. Ready? If you don't fill your mind with the Word of God, the enemy will fill it with fear, anxiety, stress, worry, and temptation. Oh, I know that too well. (laughs) That uh, is, I don't know who said that, unknown. I just repeated it though. All right, when you fix your thoughts on God, God fixes your thoughts. That's kind of a take on Hebrews 3.1 that I found, but uh, no one to credit it to. It's just one of those things that I loved. I'm gonna say it again. When you fix your thoughts on God, God fixes your thoughts. All right, so welcome, welcome. Again, today's episode is titled The Ultimate Headgear. And it's not a story on the correct ways to wear helmets, although it sounds like it. I'm gonna talk about headgear in a minute, but I I first wanna let you know that earlier this year, I started a quest to cover the full armor of God and what that means, how to use it, why it's so amazing, what a blessing it is. And it's a serious topic, even though I throw in some humor. Because life is funny. Um, but truthfully, I accomplished two full episodes on the armor. And then the Holy Spirit kind of moved me to other subjects. However, the time has come for us to address and present and talk about the full armor of God again. So I'm starting back with one part of armor that I already talked about. So please indulge me yet again as I read from Ephesians six ten through 18 to get us started. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Amen to that, right? Wow, that's a lot. Uh, But it's amazing. So right now we're going to jump into the headgear portion. So I first want to talk about physical headgear, (laughs) hats, caps, and you know, other kinds of gear that go on top of that bald or fuzzy head you have. (laughs) Because we do have seasons when many people dig into their closets to pull out their warm woolen caps and their earmuffs and their thicker ball caps to cover their heads. And well, I personally love hats, but I hate the effect they have on my hair. I have so little hair that it, it easily gets you know, staticky. Oh my gosh. So, so I have to inevitably pull the hat off my head and I look like, I don't know, something from Frankenstein's lab. I, I see so many women, they, they put on these adorable winter caps and their hair's hanging down or sticking out a little bit underneath it. And, oh, it's so cute. And I'd love to be able to put on, one and look like that but fact is an adorable winter woolen knitted or or sewn hat is just a waste on me most of the time. I have some and I like them Uh, but my head sweats also once it's warmed up so when I take the the hat off if if I don't look like my hair is electrified it it looks like I just got out of a swimming pool. (laughs) So for this reason I've gone to the simple act of wearing a scarf most winters the scarf is versatile I can pull it slightly over my head if needed you know kind of pull it up or I I can keep my neck warm I can kind of make sure it covers my ears I can also wrap it around my face to keep my face warm so I'm also fond of earmuffs yeah they do tend to mess up my hair a little bit where the band goes, but they are otherwise effective in keeping the frost off my earlobes. And I have some awesome looking earmuffs, like some goofy characters and some, I don't know, just some fuzzy things. I think they're great. Um, it's just kind of thing. I see people with put their earmuffs on and, and then put the strap back around uh, under their chin or across the back of their head instead of on top of their head and so I've, I've tried that. It doesn't work very well for me. So yeah, goody, goody for you all, but that's not happening for me. It doesn't work. My head isn't shaped correctly, I think. But, but again, back to my original statement, I actually do love hats. I, I love headgear. I remember when I was a kid, I was way ahead of the trend the, the, the past, uh, that's gone on the past 10 years because I wore a knit hat all the time. And I had this, this yellow and white hat Um, Well, it's kind of was kind of a yellow ochre. I don't know if you ever watch a painting show, you know what color that is kind of a darker mustard yellow and it had a white stripe around it. Um, I think I wore that all the way from second grade through fifth grade until uh, I wore it out or my mom threw it away or something. I don't remember what happened to it. I have no idea, but I just loved it. And I went through a ball cap phase as well in my early 20s. I loved a good ball cap. Since that time, I I think my head has changed shape and size though, so they don't work so well. And I got to thinking about hats and caps and headgear and head protection earlier this year when I was driving home for an appointment because it was a really cold day not below freezing, but around twenty, but you know, around thirty-five degrees, and and sunny outside. And I saw all these cars ahead of me slowing down. We were going south, and the northbound lanes on the state road had flashing lights on the side. Naturally, the looky loos going the other direction, the direction I was headed, slowed down and made things worse, <laughs> because you know, the ones that were moving aside to avoid the flashing lights of the cop cars that's great. But the other people were just slowing down to look, you know, it's always the way, isn't it? And, you know, I did my usual, as I approached the lights, took a second to pray in case it was an accident. Uh, and you know, for people's protection. And as my car got closer though, I did the lucky loo thing. Oh, I wish I hadn't. I confess I'm, I participated in the slowdown because I I did so at first because my car had to slow down because all the other people in front of me were slowing down, but also because I quickly saw that it was not an accident. Um, it was a red truck, very similar to our neighbor's truck. Uh, and that struck some concern in my heart because our neighbor is 84 years old, uh, and he's had heart issues before. Wonderful man, sweet, kind, but he, he drives like he's a 200 year old turtle in a race <laughs> to see who can be the last to cross the finish line. So I had some concerns, uh, that maybe something was wrong if it was our neighbor. So as I got closer, I could tell the truck was just a little different than his though. And I was relieved, but by the time I slowed and looked over, it was too late. I could not unsee what I saw. <laughs> so as I approached the man and the, 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 the as I approached, um, the, you know, the car, it was a little bit closer to the truck. I mean, a little bit closer. I could see um, (laughs) the man in the driver's seat. He was getting out of the truck and the door was open. He was stepping out into the cold weather and a police officer was approaching on one side and a police officer was approaching on the other side of his vehicle. And let me just say that he had a ball cap on. He had a ball cap on. That was it. (laughs) that was all he had on and they scooted him right back into the truck ASAP (laughs) again it was too late this looky Lou got an eyeful of oh my word (laughs) in a ball cap at least he was wearing a ball cap right gotta keep the old noggin warm at least if nothing else (laughs) then all these random thoughts came into my head because this is the way my brain works where does he put his keys when he gets out of the truck under his hat I don't know where his driver's license was. Is his hat enough protection in the winter? Uh, Maybe he feels warm. I don't know. Have the rest of us been getting it all wrong? I mean, you hear of people in frozen tundra, decked in a parka, fur-lined everything and next to fires, freezing to death with hypothermia. Maybe this guy has it right. Maybe you're just supposed to cover your head and that's it. (laughs) I don't know if that's true. It did get me to thinking about having the right protection for the right scenario. And I thought, really, the cop cars surely have some sort of extra jacket or blanket or something for occasions such as this. It also got me to thinking about how he basically protected one thing in all of that, of his entire body. The only thing he protected was his head. He put on a hat. Probably out of habit, I mean, I don't know if he was joyriding, if he was angry and storming off from some s- scenario, if he was chased off by a lover or a lover's spouse, or if he was drunk or high or out. I have no idea. But still, he chose to put a hat on his head and protect it. <laughs> so if you're going to protect something, maybe your head should be the first place to start. After all, it, it houses the computer that runs your entire body, right? However, in below freezing temperatures, to prote- properly protect your head, he, he really should have been wearing something fur-lined and thick and warm instead of a ball cap. To me, that would have made sense. We don't often do like this man did, though. We go out without the proper protection, right? We, we do like he did. Pardon me. He, we go out without proper protection, too. Only he protected his head and nothing else. and And so he was unprotected in so many ways. Can you imagine if a football player wore a net cap instead of a helmet or an MMA fighter wore a pillbox hat instead of a padded helmet during a fight? The damage would be colossal and extremely life-threatening and yet most of us go out and about up in the morning and late at night without the proper headgear, without the proper protection and armor, period. We have So much uh, uh, given to us, as I read earlier from Ephesians, we have this whole suit of armor and yet we go around unprotected, especially without the protection we need for our brain. We just act like it's no big deal to go around unprotected when all the while we have this protection that we need right at our disposal all the time. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 6, 13, that if we take up the whole armor of God, that we'll be able to withstand evil and stand firm. And yet so many of us either don't really know what the armor of God is, or we forget about it. And that's why I'm covering it. And I'm covering this headgear again, because I'm guilty as charged right here. I've studied it. I don't know how many times. And yet one of the most important pieces of armor there is the helmet of salvation, the headgear. I forget about it. I think I take it for granted. And then when I'm attacked, it shocks me. (laughs) Are you similar? I mean, maybe you don't know much about the armor of God in this case, specifically about the part of the armor called the helmet. But do you go around unprotected? And the armor of God is talked about, like I said, in Ephesians 6, and it's 10 through 18. And I read it a second ago. But see how the first part of the verses set us up? It says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the evils or against the devil's schemes. And it tells us our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the authorities and the powers of the dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So this first part of that verse, it sets it up. It says, hey, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And then if we pay attention, it tells us how in the world we can do that. If you just read that first part all by itself, it sounds overwhelming. Oh, yeah, sure. No big deal. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Boom, boom, boom. One, two, three. Easy peasy. You're good. The fact is, though, we don't have to wonder how to do it if we just read on and apply it. And we, he's given us tools. We don't have to wonder because then Paul who wrote Ephesians goes on to tell us what the tools are and how to use them. But for this podcast episode, I'm going to focus on the headgear. And we are going to move into the other parts of the armor coming up in the next few weeks. So, but the headgear is pretty important because the head is pretty much the most essential part of a person's physical being. And in scripture, you can see how the head is considered basically as the whole being. In other words, you can lose certain parts of your body and still live in in your fine. But if you lose your head, that's it. You're you're over. You're done physically speaking. So the head represents who the person is. For example, people would place their hands on the head of a person when that person was being blessed. They still do that in churches today. So check out Matthew 19:15. They aren't just blessing the head, but the head is prayed over. And when curses were made in the Bible, they would fall on someone's head check out Genesis 49, 26. And in Genesis three fifteen, Jesus crushes the head of the serpent. It's a blow that can't be come back from. The, the blow to the head is can be final and totally destroying. And that's what it did to the serpent. So think about it, even in political terms and in kingdom terms, when you have a leader of a country, they're called the head of the country. We have heads of state, heads of committees. They are the head over all the, bar, the body. We're supposed to have the head of the family. If you have someone who sits at the head of the table, um, who leads the table in prayer, but represents the entire group of people at the table or in the family, they're called the head and they sit at the head of the table. People who are considered the head of something are supposed to help protect and lead the entire body. Supposed to being the, the key term. <laughs> So when I think of headgear, especially a helmet in this day and age, I'm not sure about you, but I think of a bike helmet or a motorcycle helmet or a football helmet. But back in Roman times, their helmet design was vastly different. So they weren't made for protection during playing games, but going to war for being in battle. Helmets that were then back then were not made, you know, on a manufacturing line with a mold from high-packed impact resin and plastic materials and and um, covered foam like they are now they had to be forged individually to fit a person's head which meant that no two helmets were exactly alike and they all had some variation to them even though there was a basic design they used because usually the helmets were all metal with uh, some sort of fabric or leather padding inside of them and it depended on how much money you had and what your station in life was, what kind of helmet you were afforded. People who were considered poor usually had leather helmets that were just um, fortified with some metal pieces rather than all metal helmets with padding inside. But no matter what the design was, the purpose of the helmet was to protect against deadly blows to the head, just like helmets in modern day sports are intended to do, and in our modern day helmets that soldiers wear in the war or when they're on active duty. So if you think about helmet designs, they're pretty clever and each piece is purposeful. Back when the scripture was written about the armor of God, the helmets had cheek plates to guard against blows to the face and a metal piece in the back to protect against a hit to the back of the neck, which could affect your brainstem and also affect your neck. So over time, they started making a lower piece on the front to help cover the eyes to protect the eyes too. But no matter the design, a helmet protects a soldier against damage and against deadly blows to the head. Spiritually speaking, in the armor of God, the helmet of salvation we're told about in Ephesians protects the mind against anything that would disorient or destroy us. It helps keep us from mental attacks, confusion, strikes against our mindset and mental health and protects us from discouragement and and deceit. So can you think of anything, anything at all that has been created or formed or crafted that just might be waging war against you and your mindset, against your brain? Is there anything that you're battling now that is, 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 kind of weaponized against your thought patterns, against your perspective, your confidence, any current modern day invention that might be being used as a weapon against the brain and against the heads of people and mass across the globe. Um, yeah, you know, I, yeah, I know you can. We all can. We can think of uh, several different things, but also different people who have been weaponized So it's interesting because apparently uh, in uh, Roman warfare, the helmet and the sword were the last two pieces of armor a soldier would put on. In modern military uniforms, it's, it's the same thing. A helmet can get so hot that it wouldn't be put on unless serious dangers were about or when a soldier was heading straight into something that would threaten a blow to the head or a dangerous situation that would attack the head. And the helmet can definitely help a soldier feel safer in battle. And so in this scripture, it tells us that we're supposed to put on that helmet. At least in part of uh, part of this point is uh, part of the job of the helmet is to help someone feel safer. Helmets are time-tested soldier and athlete approved, though. That's the history of the helmet in a nutshell. Because if they didn't work, we wouldn't keep using them over and over and over again, would we? So what does the helmet of salvation mean for believers then? Because we're told to put it on. It doesn't say only put it on during certain times. We're supposed to put on the full armor of God. And the battlefield we're on most often takes place in our minds. Satan attacks us with fears, lies, doubts, and and tries to get us to believe whatever he's throwing at us from other people, from technology, from media, to distract us and hopefully destroy us. Remember the, the pod quote, if you don't fill your mind with the word of God, the enemy will fill it with fear, anxiety, stress, worry, and temptation. But when we put on the helmet of salvation, it literally gives us confidence and safety during attacks. It helps protect our minds. Salvation is a protection that comes only from the Lord. The knowledge of who Jesus Christ is and that we have a hope that is beyond all other hopes, the hope of eternal life, grace and forgiveness. It makes a difference in how we face each day, how we face each crisis or decision, each dilemma, any attack that we have. Knowing that we have eternal life, eternal hope and forgiveness and grace, assistance, love and acceptance, all these things does and should make a difference in how we operate on a day-to-day basis and they stay ingrained in our minds when we accept the salvation that Christ gives us this hope through the salvation uh, that he offers us uh, that we were freely given by the way it makes all the difference in how we face each day it makes a difference in our decision making and how we treat other people and whether or or not we have discernment And whether or not we live day in and day out as God would have us. And whether or not we can stand up against temptation and we answer to his call for our life. So this helmet of salvation, the salvation, uh, it reminds us every day to stay clothed with it. In In the Bible it says stay clothed with it, put it on, operate out of it. It helps us in our daily battle as we continue to be the children of God that we're called to be. Because think of it this way, when we put on the helmet of salvation, we put on Christ himself. Christ protects not just our heads, but our entire beings from spiritual death and from painful attacks that that could, I don't know, it could render us speechless or feeling helpless, confused, dejected, um, feeling angry, inferior making this mind an even greater battlefield and weak, weak against spiritual attacks. When we're not armored up, we are susceptible even more so to depression, anxiety, fear, all of these things. To wear the helmet of salvation means to live every day focused on eternity and the promised future that we have from the Lord. It means not walking around as if we're dead men walking with no hope except a zombie apocalypse. (laughs) The helmet of salvation turns our eyes back to Jesus. Just like the other pod quote I had, this is really, that's really derived from Hebrews. It says, when you fix your thoughts on God, God fixes your thoughts. If your thought patterns are unhealthy, then your ability to think clearly and make good decisions and to follow the will of God is broken. And then you need it fixed. You need to remember that you have a helmet of salvation that you must wear in order to stay protected. And in doing so, you can fix your thoughts on Jesus. And when you do, he will fix your thoughts. He will write the wrong thinking. He will shine the light on the truth of the lies that you've been believing and help get rid of your poor decision-making that you're making out of believing those lies. Wearing the helmet of salvation reminds us that we need protection, that our mind is a battlefield, and that we've been blessed with a full set of armor to use. And wearing the helmet literally changes the way we live because it's more than something about future benefits salvation is, is about more than saying, Hey, I belong to Christ. So I'm going to heaven. It's about more than having a bumper sticker with fish on it. That says John three sixteen in the middle of it, salvation and the knowledge of it, the truth and reality of it, and the ability to put it on and use it as protection every single day is supposed to impact not just our eternal future, but our present life. But if we just go along and say, yeah, I have salvation through Jesus and don't apply that truth and reality to our lives daily, allowing it to affect how we operate and how we battle, then we're just taking the fullness of that salvation for granted and kind of throwing it back in Jesus's face. So when you're going about your day, I encourage you to remember that you have been blessed with protection. And part of that protection is the helmet of salvation. It's the ultimate headgear. It's always in fashion, by the way. And salvation is what redeems us. That salvation redeems us for eternity, but it redeems us on a daily basis. That's what allows us to be sanctified because we have that forgiveness and grace through the sacrifices of Jesus Christ. That salvation restores and also protects and shields us from daily attacks by evil. I encourage you to dig into the full armor of God and kind of go along with me the next few weeks as we talk about each piece of the armor of god. because There are loads of studies out there on it that help you understand in even greater uh, in even greater depth just what each piece is and how to use it, but you can also find that info here if you continue to tune into the woman inspired podcast. I'm so glad you did today and I hope you'll uh, join me again next week. Thank you and have a blessed week.